In this episode, I have another cross yas chit-chat with Sierra, our showrunner and birthday month girl. We discuss the Equality Act, we answer the new question of the month, and we give you, the cross yas listener, some of the other updates that's going on in our lives. It's a quick episode, and it's episode 97 of the cross yas podcast, so let's just get into it, shall we? Yeah! Yes, 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 yes. Cross Yes Podcast with Giselle Mirso. Yes! Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Cross Yes, chit chat with Giselle and Sierra. Welcome, girl. Uh, welcome, Sierra, back to the Cross Yes Podcast Chit Chats, which I think we're doing a monthly thing now. How are you, Sierra? I am well, Giselle. How are you? I'm good. I am recording from Oakland. Uh, shout out to the Bay Area. I lost my mic, but I got a new one. <laughs> so here we are. And I think you're recording on your own laptop because I think you also forgot your mic. So Yeah, I left my mic up at the cabin in the mountains. And so here I am just with my desktop. And hopefully the sound quality is okay. The fact that you moved closer to your <laughs> laptop, it has gotten better. Um, so you sound okay. great. Um, but yeah, um, just... To tell everybody about the podcast, uh, I think we're, yeah, we're doing this every month, it seems like, and whenever something crazy happens. But um, I think this past week, uh, if you want to update us about your life, Sierra, you, I heard you got the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. You want to talk about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, I got the COVID vaccine. It was opening up to people who uh, were in the education field. It had been that way for a little while, but the appointments were really kind of tight in the county where I live. But then as time went on, uh, it seems like just more and more appointments were available. There were some that had just been sitting open for a couple of days and I didn't want to like cut my turn in, in line or cut in line to get my turn for the vaccine. But at that point, I, I felt like since a lot of these vaccine clinics were open, uh, there wasn't like severe competition or fierce competition for the appointments. I just figured I'd go ahead and do it. And I'm really glad I did. I got the Moderna uh, shot and it was kind of like some people's experiences had uh, like a sore arm for a couple of days and and you know, like a, a little bit of a fever the next morning and some chills the night after getting it, but like better than COVID. And I'm really happy to be uh, on the path toward at least some sort of immunity for the for the foreseeable future. But uh, do you want to talk about your experience in getting the COVID shot? I, th- I heard the lady who gave you the shot um, said some fun things. Oh, yeah. So basically now, like unless I have like a really... A compelling reason to uh, be or to look like a guy. I'm just kind of Sierra all the time, which is awesome and fun. Um, and so, yeah, I went to my my COVID vaccine just like I would normally, just being Sierra. And I think I'm passing pretty well these days. I I uh, had on like a kind of light makeup and everything. I think I look pretty good. But I get to the um, registration desk and they. Like the first person who checked me in, like totally did a double take with my ID. And I said, it promises me, don't worry. Then I get up to actually get the shot and the nurse asks me if I'm pregnant. And that's the first time I've ever been asked that before by a medical professional. And it at the same time filled me gender euphoria, filled me with gender euphoria. And also like, then I thought, "Mm, she called me fat. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm sorry they called you fat, but at least you got called feminine. So that's. Hey, I don't know. Maybe it's just a question they have to ask all women who get the shot. Uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. But if yeah, not, I mean, I am kind of chunky, so that's just what it is. 
Ugh, you're fine. You're fine. You're still feminine presenting and you're still female. So I don't know. Um, fat people are still women too. I don't know if that's. Hey, <laughs> that... There you go. It, that is literally true. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, speaking of which, and this is just like an update on my end. Um, yeah. I am. Uh, <laughs> it, it's really dumb, but I weighed myself last night. This was pre poop, by the way. So I hadn't pooped yet. But um, I weigh the most I've ever in my entire life. And I, I will admit it. And I think we'll have to talk about this on a feature um, cross yes round table, but I weighed 190 pounds, which for some may not be like extravagant or really high. But for me, it was just like, I just felt like kind of not sad, but just like taken aback. Also, my knees are starting to hurt a little bit. I don't know if it's just because I'm old as well. But um, I think just for like, for what I see myself as Giselle, like when I dress up, the last time I did it was for the podcast um, Discord. Um, and I just saw myself that I'd never really saw myself as, but I also kind of relate it to, um, and like correlate it with like just how happy I am with Kirsten and with the podcast and just like enjoying food, which is like weird to say, but I just don't know how I feel like, which I'm sure you kind of can attest to as well. Just like when you don't see yourself as like the same person, when you look at yourself in the mirror, if it's maybe like maybe that's gender dysphoria or just being dysphoric in general. But I don't know. I, I felt, and I still feel it today. And I just downloaded a lose it <laughs> tracking app to count my calories because I'm like, I need to get back into shape back into uh, the thing. And this kind of relates to the COVID stuff as well as we're getting back to slowly opening up. And I want to be able to be ready in a sense of dressing up and going out. So I don't know. That's a little update on my end. What do you, what do you think Sierra? No, I hear you. I mean, I think for many ways, like for many women, like struggle with weight is is a major thing. So I think a lot of people would relate to precisely how you're feeling, especially with just how much our lives have changed in, in the pandemic. It's become harder to get out and find the kind of exercise that a lot of people get. It's been harder to like find the same routines and it's been easier to find comfort in in eating, right? Because like, that's one thing we can all still take a lot of pleasure in. It's like, despite everything else that's happened, it's like, we can still enjoy food. And I love cooking. I love eating. I love cooking and eating pretty bad food. And so the last year, I haven't like gained a ton of weight, but I also haven't certainly lost any. And like, I have gained a little bit. And I don't know, I, I hope to get a little trimmer and everything too. But I think like a lot of people of all gender identities would relate to how you're feeling right now. Yes. And I, I, I mean, I've, I've talked to Kirsten and luckily she's, um, she also wants to talk about weight on a future Kirsten's corner episode. Um, Cause she's, you know, slightly heavier set um, that she, at least she believes. Um, and you know, we like talked it out and just said that like, you know, cause for me, like I have a really bad, <laughs> once I see food, I don't know if you're like this, uh, Sierra, but like once I see food and it's around me, like I will just mindlessly eat and like continue to go for seconds because I think just being raised and around a family who's just constantly wanting to feed you and like enjoying food, it's like, well, I want more. Well, I'm going to have a little bit more here. And then I think that has just progressed in the last year or so, especially during COVID when it's like, well, yeah. what do I need to look good for? What do I need to, you know, I can just eat this extra stuff. And I think that's just added the pounds slowly and slowly. So don't know if you can relate. <laughs> Oh, I can totally relate because when I cook, like it's, it's normally just me or me or my wife at home. 
And so like, I always will make portions that, that will like normally be big enough to give us leftovers, but there are some nights where we don't quite get to that point and we just eat it all because it's there. And it's because, I mean, we both really enjoy eating and it's, it's such a temptation and yeah, I can, I can completely relate. And I think once, uh, once we're kind of back toward a little, like more of a normal pace of things, It'll be easier to find other things to distract ourselves. It'll be easier to like go out again and like eat with other people in situations where you wouldn't necessarily just like stuff your face in front of them the same way you, you would at home or the same way I would at home. Right. right. I get that. I get that. I think we're, we're, we're nearing the point where maybe we can get back to more typical eating habits for a lot of people. It's just like, why is food so good? Like it sucks. It's so delicious. I hate it. Yeah. It's like we have not adapted from an evolutionary perspective to having an abundance of food. And we haven't adapted to like food actually being something to take pleasure in. Like we haven't, that's been such a short thing in this, in like the time span of, of uh, human evolution that like our bodies are not meant for that. <laughs> We're not meant to enjoy food. We're meant to eat for survival. It's just like, and the problem is, it's like we we live in California, so it's also like an abundance of great restaurants because everybody's here and the food is just so fantastic. And it's like, oh, yes, with with COVID too, like we want to support small businesses, so it's like, oh well, you know, we have to keep us afloat. Like, all right, well, let's just have this these quick tacos at this one place. Oh, let's have this sushi at this one place. Oh, Korean barbecue, sure, why not? Oh, really good Mediterranean food, like okay, sure. And then like in the last year or so, it's like. Oh man, why do we live here? Like, oh, it's... yeah. <laughs> well, we know why we live here because if we had to get through the pandemic, like in a situation where we didn't have that available, it would be like it would be kind of tough. And that's like the one thing that's been, yeah. Like earlier in the year, we would we would every other night we made a point of getting takeout from a from like a smaller local restaurant, and we did that for at least a few months. And that was probably the time of the year that was worst for us health wise and most enjoyable <laughs> because there was just like right? so much good, like endless good stuff. And if we had tried everything, we could just drive a little bit farther and try something new. Uh, and like, I don't know, I, I get it. I, that's why I'm kind of hoping with COVID and when things start opening up, like um, gyms as well. I know that they like, we. I had a 24 hour fitness um, membership, but they're like going bankrupt and it's mm -hmm. most gyms are going outside, but I'm like, why would I want to exercise? outdoors i don't know it seems stupid but like you know they have like their parking lot set up to like exercise and obviously if you know you're motivated enough you'll go there but i'm like i don't i don't want to do that <laughs> I don't know. yeah if i want to exercise outdoors which is what i do anyway myself it's like i'll just go to a trail or right. I'll, I'll walk or i'll go i'll go for a bike ride or something like that I'm, i don't need to like I don't want to like, if I'm going to be outside, I don't want to be like standing on some treadmill on a parking lot, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's like you have a treadmill, go inside. <laughs> That's right, it. right. Like it's, it's, it's main objective is to walk in place, <laughs> right? Like Correct. Or run in place. Like, why would you do that outside? Why don't you just go running? I don't know. It seems dumb. Uh, I wouldn't disagree. It's one of those things that's going to change a lot. And I don't know. I've never been much of a gym person. I've, in fact, I've always really disliked it. So I'll, I'll just continue doing my outdoor thing. Right, right. Uh, outdoors. I miss it. And yeah, with the COVID vaccine, I hear Biden says that, you know, original or our original like um, target was July that everyone would have the COVID vaccine. And now he's saying May, which is amazing. That's like two months from now. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty incredible how quickly everything is happening. I don't think we're going to see that across the country, frankly, like because things have been happening at a decent pace, like in Southern California, but I don't think everyone is on pace to have their first dose by next month. I also don't think a lot of people are, there's still a lot of hesitancy from people. I don't know if you've heard other people or you've heard that around just people not wanting to get the vaccine. I don't know. Still. I have heard about that. And like, I don't know anyone personally who doesn't want to get the vaccine, but I do know that there is, of course, some resistance. Yeah. And it makes sense. I guess, you know, there is a lot of distrust or, you know, uncertainty with like long-term effects of the vaccine or, you know, cause it is pretty novel of like, oh, to rush a vaccine within less than a year. It's kind of unheard of, kind of. I don't know. Seems like right. It. I mean, it, it's still, they're still technically in, in like the process of regulatory approval. It's not like this has been a fully vetted. It, I mean, certainly it's been, there have been a lot of clinical trials, which have been very heavily publicized, but it's not like this is a fully, these are, any of these are like fully approved vaccines yet. Right. right? To the same standard they would be normally. Right. But I mean, it, like you said, it beats getting coronavirus. So I yes, mean, it does. Yes, it does. I mean, I'll take the twenty-four hours of what, whatever um, those side effects were. But although you haven't had your second one yet, though, so I don't know how you'll feel after the second one. So, well, it is worse, right? Like everyone says, it's worse. Yeah, that that shit sucked. <laughs> Not a fan. Like, yeah, felt like that death that that yeah. second dose, but. Yeah, my wife is getting her second dose tomorrow, and so Ooh. our plan is that we're just not going to like plan anything for the weekend, <laughs> just so she can take it easy, hopefully recover, and then everything will be fine soon enough when she has 95% uh, immunity. Probably a good idea. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, good luck to her, and good luck to you on your second dose here. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, anyways, the main thing I wanted to talk about in this episode is the you know, at the Equality Act, which the House passed, has it been two weeks? They have they passed the House, I think two it's weeks ago. It's been a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. Yeah. It's been, uh, been some time. Two weeks. Anywho, the Equality Act, for those who are unaware, um, is the House Resolution Bill 5, I don't know how to read it. It's H.R. 5S393, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. the Equality Act, which, uh, for those who don't know, would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and provide consistent and explicit anti-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people across key areas of life, including employment, housing, credit, education, public spaces and services, federally funded programs, and jury service. More information, because I looked it up online. As of 2020, 29 states have not outlawed anti-LGBT discrimination, with members of the LGBT community being given little protection at a national level, and two-thirds of LGBT Americans in the United States report facing or having experienced discrimination in their personal lives. It's probably much higher than that. But the Equality Act seeks to remedy this lack of protection, applying existing state anti-LGBT discrimination laws nationwide. So, Sierra, what are your thoughts with that? Well, I mean, it's it's an incredibly important piece of legislation, right? I think we can all agree on that. Um, I, I think there's been some controversy about whether the act was a little bit too far-reaching in that it incorporated some things that were maybe more kind of hot-button, like flashpoint social issue, or like the kinds of things that the right would use to galvanize people um, around basically at this point anti-trans 
legislation and anti-trans sentiment, such as like bathroom use and athletics. And there's been some criticism that I've heard from from various people. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we need rights and protections for everyone. Um, it seems stupid that we haven't had that, and it's, it's it's frustrating. It's annoying, but I think that those kind of like I guess discriminatory practices. I don't know if you have, um, Sierra. I, I wouldn't say that I've I've faced uh, a lot of experiences at this point, but again, my like re- being myself full time in the world is just kind of beginning. So it's it's certainly something that I know will will. I haven't had those like, yet, I'm not... but I'm, I'm sure there's thousands, probably more than that, American citizens who have had, you know, discriminatory practices. The one thing that comes to mind is that stupid cake. Remember that cake story about that one? Oh, yes. That one the, fucking uh... bakery that wouldn't serve a, a gay cake? Was <laughs> What was that? I don't even remember. It's something about some gay cake. That's the thing that, I don't know. But yeah, they wouldn't serve this couple because, and, they had protections because they didn't want to, because it was their right to not serve a gay couple. What? Yeah. It ended up coming down to a religious freedom argument in that case, rather than a like civil rights argument, or that's the one that was kind of allowed to prevail. Um, But it's, it's, it's just crazy. The fact that that kind of sentiment still exists, frankly, and that people are still able to get away with that kind of discrimination. And the Equality Act is just so necessary as a as a remedy for uh, for including people who have been left out of the civil rights picture in, in many parts of the country for for quite some time. I mean, there's nothing. Like, why or why do we say that certain certain people's rights are protected if there are large classes of society that are that are just excluded from the same sort of explicit civil rights protections that others have? I mean, it's it's clearly just anti-LGBTQ sentiment that exists among large portions of the populations of this country that uh, has been driving any opposition to this, because otherwise there's no logical reason to not include gender identity and sexual um, sexual orientation in these protections. There's just simply no reason. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't get it. I, I wonder why the fuck we still have such hate for lgbt people even like even black people or even people that we thought we had rights for it's still like it still exists in our society and it's fucking annoying and oh and i want to bring up i have to bring her up uh lauren bobert i don't know how to pronounce her name boebert 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 yeah Bobert. anywho well um i will play the clip because she was on of course steve bannon's show is it the War Room pandemic? War Room? I don't know what his show is called, but I will, play, ah, I will play the clip here where she was asked a question about uh, her thoughts on the Equality Act. And this is what she said. We can't say the same for the so-called Equality Act, which we all know uh, that that's just the Democrats uh, using a play on words. There's nothing about equality in that act. If anything, um, it's it's the um, it, it's it's supremacy of, uh, of of gays and and lesbians and and uh, 
transvestite psychs. I mean, like that's what this is about. It's about putting them higher than anyone else. It's not about equality. If you look at the uh, Constitution, then uh, that is where equality is uh, kept secure and held sacred. We have the 14th Amendment that says that all men are equal under the law. Uh, so we need to hold that supreme rather than woke ideologies. Ah, Sierra, you have heard this clip and maybe uh -huh. a little, you know a little more about Lauren Boebert, but do you kind of want to run through the cross yas listener what the hell is going through her mind here and who the fuck is she because this is ridiculous so she is the representative in congress for the um western slope of the state of colorado um and that's an area that's that's generally pretty conservative and it's not one of the most conservative congressional districts in the country but it certainly leans right of center and I don't, I think her, her kind of candidacy flew under the radar a little bit in the sense that she's definitely way, way, way more conservative than the average voter in that district. And she's way more kind of ideologically driven around like firearms and just kind of right-wing talking points, uh, like far right-wing talking points than your average uh, representative. I mean, she to me is like what, what happens, like if you take someone out of the Florida swamps and you drop them in a town literally called Rifle, Colorado. And then they start to like get these weird fetishistic ideas about like how like all Westerners should be carrying guns and like they're in the Wild West and they just have, have to like, like she, she and her partner own a restaurant in that town. And like everyone who's at that restaurant, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, is armed all the time. And like that's kind of their identity. And it's just like, to me, like it's a caricature of the of like the ideology and the beliefs in that part of the country, and I think a lot of people just weren't paying attention to her race as much as as they were the presidential race because a lot of even parts of Western Colorado started to vote uh, more for um, the Democratic presidential candidate this time than they did the Republican, and so I don't think necessarily she's long for her elected office, but that doesn't mean she's not going to do plenty of damage in the meantime. Like she's, I, th I think, and, and she's actually getting a lot of heat right now within the state. And there are a lot of people very disappointed with her now that she's kind of doing and saying what she's doing. And obviously she has no idea whatsoever. I mean, one thing that's clear is that she has no understanding of what she's talking about with the Equality Act. She has no understanding of, of transgender identities. She has no clue whatsoever. And so she, when she's asked to speak about these things, she, she just doesn't make sense. And that's what it is, right? She just doesn't make sense. Yeah, is she more of a reflection of the Colorado, like, you know, voter or Colorado West Side voter versus like, you know, did we create her essentially or is she a reflection of us? You know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? That's, a, that's a very good question. And I can speak to this with my, with my knowledge of, of Colorado, certainly. <laughs> okay. She is not a very good reflection of the mentality of the people in that district. Um, there, there are some people in, in that part of the state who are pretty right-wing. Like it's one of the two more right-wing parts of that state, but like she is far to the extreme. So like, I think, I mean, she, she came from Florida not that long ago. And like I said, I think she kind of got this idea in her mind of like living in the wild West or something, which is really like, that's not the mentality that most people have in Colorado anymore. It's, I mean, it's become a, it's a state that's grown really quickly and it's not, it's not necessarily like an old cowboy state anymore. Like it used to be, but I don't think she ever got that memo 
And so I think she's kind of, she's carving out a space where like maybe those people who miss those like more old timers who kind of miss uh, the time when the Western slope was a little more like that. And not that all parts of it were even at any time, but like there's still, there's a, there's a certain cross section of the population there with, with whom her message does resonate, but she's also, like I said, far to the right, even of the typical Republican in that district. So I don't think she's long for, for that seat. I, I think she's probably, if she doesn't end up doing something that gets her removed from office, I, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what her prospects really look like. I, I see. Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know if it's like, to be honest, like I haven't followed a lot of the probably last two or three months <laughs> ever since Trump left. Like I have taken a break from <laughs> politics, from like the news, um, from Reddit too. Like I've yeah. taken a break from Reddit. It's been like two months since I've legit, I've taken a break from Reddit because I've been so inundated and like, saturated with such shit from the last three years three four years of trump Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to be honest like to not be able to hear from that kind of rhetoric or not hear from the trump like politician that just focuses on you know like these weird talking points where she remember she she said supremacy of gays lesbians and transvest transvex hikes which i don't even know what the fuck that means but (laughs) Like I want to go on a transvex hike. I know. Let's all go on a transvex hike. That's the, that can be our first cross yas trip that we do something like. I'm a mountain girl. I'll lead the way. <laughs> you can lead it. Yeah. Like I'm just. I'm glad that I've actually haven't heard of anything until this. Like it's been a good like two three weeks since I heard of anything crazy and something stupid. Like and and I'm so I don't want to fucking talk about Trump, but like his like mentality or him like. I mean, fuck, he fucking got acquitted, but like Mm -hmm. not hearing that kind of like talk of just being like, you know, talking out of your ass essentially just to have people follow you or blindly like, you know, follow your lead has been so refreshing to me. But then hearing this kind of was like, fuck, seriously, again, motherfucker. Like, I don't know how if that's. (sighs) Don't you feel like you can just kind of breathe? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Finally. <laughs> it is totally a relief. Yeah. I mean, with Biden and, and Kamala Harris doing their own thing, it's been, I mean, it, like, I haven't heard from them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, everything, is, it's like we can not, we can have the luxury of not focusing on politics every day and just assuming that everything is going to be absolutely terrible at every step of the way right Uh, i don't know it's just i'm happy like i think that's again why i'm fat it's because i'm happy i'm not (laughs) like i don't have to stress out about fucking oh man are are trans people going to be fucking eliminated you know what i mean like are are they gonna have rights tomorrow are they gonna you know will you know there be more of a, a fucking nuclear strike i don't know like that kind of shit where i'm like cool i'm not hearing about it i don't know it's just it is it's so wonderful to just like have the luxury of of, yeah like tuning out and not worrying about like whether we're going to be in a terrible place in world politics the next day right 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Just happy. I don't know. I'm going to continue eating, but I'm going to eat less, I think. I hope. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's something, right? <laughs> God, I, I hope so. But yeah, I mean, uh, are there other politicians like her? Wasn't, what's her name? Green from, well, what state is she from? On the oh, third? Marjorie Taylor Green. Oh, you want to talk about her ass? I don't know. Like, ugh. Well, didn't she, she was the one who um, put a, like a, anti-trans flag outside her office in, in her house office building, right? Yeah. Uh, think, why? <laughs> well, because a, another member who has a trans daughter put a put the trans flag outside their office, and she couldn't stand to see that, like, in a house office building, I guess, without taking some sort of stupid reaction. So it's just absurd. Just absurd. What? Like, oh, yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's the worst certainly like there's no reason why she needed to like take the time to like find or create an anti-transgender flag and put it outside her office that's like going out of your way to just be an asshole and there's no need like why why i i don't get that i i seriously don't get that it's like who yeah you're right like you're going out of your way to just ruin someone else's day life like pretty much there's just no need for it. It's like, okay, if you privately don't care for transgender people and find it morally objectionable, first of all, that's stupid. But second, like that's different. And that's like way, way, way less horrible than like going out of your way. Like we said, to just make it clear that you don't support being transgender. And what that even means, I don't, I don't know, but it's just, there's no need for it. Yeah, there's pe- some people are just assholes, and she is one of them. And she was voted in. This like other people support her assholeness. That's what's so hard to understand about some of these members of Congress. Is like we have to remember, like they did not get there by accident, which is just crazy. <laughs> yeah, there are other assholes who wanted to vote other assholes in. I, I right. mean, I, I, I mean, seventy-four million people voted for Trump. So, I mean. Again, we so it's have like, to not think about that. We have to like put that out of mind for now. Otherwise, we're just going to drive ourselves crazy. <laughs> yes, true. And if that motherfucker runs again, oh, I don't even see. See, I was happy. I was happy. And then. Yeah. And look, now what's happened to us. We started talking about a whole bunch of trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of trash. Anyways, um, so much trash out there. Um, let's end it because uh, we don't know how long Craig and Discord will let us talk for. But um We'll end it with the question of the month. You know, every month I am starting a thing where we I don't know, ask a question of the month. Last month was, who was your first crush? I surprised you with it and you didn't come with it. So I kind of asked you, <laughs> I kind of give you some prep work with the question of the month. And because it is uh, March, that means it is uh, Women's History Month, which I looked online actually began as a local celebration in Santa Rosa, California. Apparently the yeah, education... Yeah, wine country, because, you know, women love wine. And who doesn't love wine? Apparently I do, and I've gained a lot of weight in the last three weeks um, because of it. Uh, But the Education Task Force of Sonoma County in California, uh, the Commission of the Status of Women, planned and executed a Women's History Week celebration in 1978. The organizers selected the week of March 8, which is in a couple days, to correspond with International Women's Day. The movement spread across the country as other communities initiated their own Women's History Week celebrations the following year 
1980, a consortium of women's groups and historians led by the National Women's History Project, now the National Women's History Alliance, successfully lobbied for national recognition. And in February 1980, President Jimmy Carter issued the the first presidential proclamation declaring the week of March 8th 1980 as National Women's History Week. So that means that brings me to the question of the month, which uh, is uh, who is a woman in history that you either idolize, look up to, or revere? That uh, that woman can either be famous or not famous, can be a family, friend, or whomever, and why do you hold them to such high esteem? Which we can start with you, Sierra. Who is your uh, woman of the month or woman's history of the month? I guess. So this is like the hardest thing to choose uh, because basically the the vast majority of people who I respect in at least recent history are women. Uh, but I wanted to go for kind of a deep cut, I guess, um, and and mention a early transgender activist in the American gay liberation movement, and that would be Marsha P. Johnson, who was. Kind of self-identifying at the time in the in the 1960s as a drag queen because we have to remember that at that time, the idea of being transgender had not really uh, entered the public discourse yet. Like there were other terms that were used, but the idea that we kind of assume to be transgenderism today was not really a thing at that time. And so, especially among like a lot of the uh, gay communities in the U.S. at that time, people who had or who how we would understand today to like have transgender identities found other ways of labeling themselves and expressing themselves and so marsha p johnson identified as a drag queen and she was one of the early drag queens to go to stonewall in in new york she was one of the first to start visiting the stonewall inn after they started allowing uh, women and drag queens inside. And it wasn't too long after that that the Stonewall uh, riots occurred. And it was clear that she was kind of a leader throughout that process. She she denied having like a direct role in starting anything, but certainly like she was a she was an important part of that community and one of the early leaders among uh, drag queens and now what we would probably think of as trans women who were involved in in kind of becoming members of that space. And as time went forward from Stonewall, she was a leader within her community in New York uh, in providing support and and really like direct support, guidance and and services um, down to like housing, uh, clothing, things like that for people who identified at that time, again, let's let's think about the terminology that was used as like drag queens, transvestites uh, in the New York gay community, um, and she was directly involved with the uh, Gay Liberation Front in in New York, and she became a pretty iconic figure. And throughout the 1970s uh, and such, she even was involved with uh, starting a shelter for um, gay and trans uh, kids, which was really a, a meaningful thing at that time when uh, when a lot of people were kind of using the scenes in New York, San Francisco, and other cities as kind of escapes from communities around the country where there was much, much, much less tolerance of gay and transgender identities than we would see today. I mean, she was a complicated figure. Um, she was she was not perfect in the sense that, that um, she 
she was occasionally, well, I mean, she had her issues like, like other people do or like other, other, like even meaningful and, and people who have contributed a lot to society have. But ultimately I think she was, she was a leader among, um, among an important LGBTQ community in American history at an important time. And I think a lot of people do consider her today to be a, a transgender icon or a transgender leader, even though she never identified as such, uh, just given, um, given the times that she was living in. Uh, so she's certainly a figure worth knowing about and worth celebrating. I intend to, like there's a movie or two about her and I fully intend to learn more about her. But I just wanted to shout out to Marsha P. Johnson, again, a uh, black uh, gay woman, uh, gay uh, drag queen, who was who was very, um, very involved in that important scene in uh, in New York in the 1960s through 1980s. How about yours, Giselle? Who who uh, who would you pick for this month? Great answer, great answer for Marsha P. Johnson because I don't think a lot of people know of her until like you know until it hits like Pride Month or something, and they look at oh yeah, she's really important because she's. I mean, in general, I don't think a lot of people know about the Stonewall riots and the Stonewall, like, you know, how that all happened. Um, so it's important to give a shout out to the people who started that whole thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, my answer is somewhat of a long one and it's super deep cut. <laughs> but uh, my answer is Margaret Sanger. Uh, yes. It's a misnomer. She is not actually a singer. So she is actually just um, she is the I mean, I was reading up on her because she's super important, but. Um, she is an American birth control activist, sex educator, writer, and nurse. Shout out to nurses. But she was the one who popularized the term birth control, and she opened the first birth control clinic in the United States and established organizations that evolved into the Planned Parenthood Federation of America. Yeah, I mean, if if it wasn't for her and other women like her who focused on women's like bodies and they recognized that a lot of women were dying in the early 1900s, because of just giving birth and she aimed with other women to treat women's bodies a little better with medications and all these other options so and you know help fund Planned Parenthood so a lot about her she was super interesting and I'll talk about her a little more in in another episode when I answer the question of the month but uh, she's super interesting too like like Marsha P. Johnson having her own issues (laughs) yeah Margaret Sanger actually was pro-abortion, actually, initially. And she said, and we wrote it down here, she uh, said how she opposed abortion. Um, she was, uh, yeah, sorry, she was against abortion and sharply distinguished it from birth control, saying that the latter was a fundamental right of women, of women, but the former being a shameful crime. But later she advocated for birth control and how it could lead to therapy. What's what's uh, she also advocated for birth control so that the pregnancies that led to therapeutic abortions could be prevented in the first place. So she was actually pro-therapeutic abortions. But <clears throat> the other thing I really found funny with her was uh, she was actually against masturbation, which is kind of ironic. But she stated that in my personal experience as a trained nurse while attending persons afflicted with various and often revolting diseases, no matter what their ailments, I never found anyone so repulsive <laughs> as the chronic masturbator. Yeah, so it's really funny because <laughs> you would think, aren't you pro birth control? Wouldn't you want people to masturbate? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, they're really funny. So, yeah, Margaret Singer. Virtually, yeah, virtually all historic. That's an awesome choice, by the way. And yeah, it just shows virtually all historic figures, even those we really look up to for many reasons, 
are human and have their complications. I know that like Marsha P. Johnson, a lot of her issues were just a result of struggling with, with mental health issues that went untreated for a long time. So it's like, we always have to view people with nuance and, and, but still respect them for their contributions, regardless of the fact that there may have been some complications along the way. Yeah, it's true. That same one that, I mean, this just immediately comes to mind is Martin Luther King Jr. A lot of people revere him with such high esteem and a lot of politicians like to quote everything, you know, he's done, you know, so I have a dream speech, but like he had a lot of faults. Like people don't realize he was like a, you know, womanizer. He's had, he's gone to jail several times, you know, he had his issues, but like, you know, he's still highly revered figure. So a lot of people are, like you said, highly revered, but it is important to respect them and honor their achievements and things they've done in their lives. But yes, yes. That's all I really got to say, um, Sierra, before uh, Craig <laughs> kills us. And us yeah, out. no kidding. Craig, by the way, for, for listeners, is this recording bot on uh, Discord where we record the shows who has like a really cute little bear icon, but it's kind of a monster in the sense that he keeps cutting us off while we're trying to record, which is not yes. so nice. Yes, but um, I'm so glad that we get it. We're going to do this more often. I mean, I hope so. And I would ho love to have you in one of these like, roundtable discussions what did you think about that i know you heard it i don't know your thoughts oh yeah it was great i i think like getting together voices that that um maybe people have heard on the podcast before but haven't heard for a while and getting them all together in one place i think is is like a really really constructive thing i think we can learn a lot from each other and uh, even among this little community where we all have certain things in common there are always things we can learn from one another and, and differences we have too Yes, yes. Well, that was our little chit chat. Um, a little shorter than normal, probably for the best because we can go on forever. But um, yeah, I love you, Sarah. You're amazing. You're great. Love you, Giselle. And I just want to say one more thing to our listeners. Make sure that if you want to have conversations with us just like this, find us on Discord. Uh, we've started uh, essentially going into like almost nightly video and audio chats. Um, not all of us are there all the time. We we kind of come and go as we as we can, but it seems like there are always people around uh, wanting to connect with other people. So go to our website, crossyaspodcast.com, and just find a link on the right side to our Discord. Anyone can sign up, and you'll have access to everything once we verify you. Yes, yes. And I'll edit this, girl, and then I'll send you what I can. I'll try and piece it all together to make it sound good. I hope it ends up going okay. <laughs> Me too. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Anyways, love you, girl. I'm going to take a nap, too, because I got to go to... I, I, I'm on my first day of six nights, so I might be a little busy. Oh, no, six nights. I know, but I hope <laughs> I'll be on the Discord. Yeah, I'll be on the Discord, hopefully, for most of the oh, night. So perfect. Well, that, I'll look so, forward to that, at least. Yeah. All right, girl. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. And finally, the miscellany... Yes! And that was episode 97 of the Cross the Yas podcast, where you heard me and Sierra just talk about our lives. We give you some updates on the Equality Act, and we answered the question of the month, which is a new question that I'm going to propose to you, the Cross the Yas listener, about Women's History Month. And who is your woman that you idolize or revere? And tell me why. Email me your answer, Giselle at CrossTheYasPodcast.com. You can also DM me your answer at CrossTheYasPodcast or you can go ahead and hit me up on Discord and answer the question. Rochi underscore mochi pound 7325. I'll be back next week, you guys. Thanks so much for, I don't know, bearing with us. Uh, a little late on the episode release this week, but we'll come back next week and hope you guys understand. But uh, until next time, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous.